Welcome to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast presented by Farm Bureau Health Plan. Need great health care coverage with an affordable price tag? Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans for 75 years. Hello, everybody. I'm Amy Wells, and, of course, Coach Mack is here as well. Mack, how you doing? I'm doing great, Amy. I'm looking forward to this. We're in the season now, and you know how much I like our podcast anyway. This is even better. Let's go. Doesn't it feel good to be actually talking about football that counts? There's just something different in the air when the game's matter no you're you're 100 percent right i mean you could feel it at practice this week i mean you can you can feel it you know throughout the building and really you can feel it throughout the city you know when you're out i'm out quite a bit i don't know how much you're out none okay well i'm out more <laughs> than that anyway i'm out i'm out quite a bit and people are excited about it but that's what the national football league does and we're in it deep and so yes you can feel it it's fun mac how often do you get stopped when you are quote unquote out like, how many times do how people much, just want to talk to you? How much do I get stopped at the Combine? A lot. Well, that's a lot about the same. Really? Yeah. I just... I, I don't know if people know this, but going anywhere with Coach Mack is kind of like herding cats <laughs> in that you take about three steps and he's gone. He's to the right. He's to the left. He's talking to someone two blocks back behind you. You got to circle back and go get him. And, hey, Mac, over here. And then, sure enough, someone goes, hey, Mac. And <laughs> the whole thing's done. You got to start all over. You got to find where he is. Go back. Rain him in. It takes 48 hours just to get to dinner. It's a lot. Well, I mean, this city's been so great to me. You know, when I was coaching here, it, it was really good. And it's it's even better now because now I can be out. You know, you guys have been out to dinner. with. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a cool vibe in this city. And I don't complain about it at all. And, you know, I encourage it. You know, when I'm on all my radio shows, I say, if you see me out, grab me. Ask me a question. I may not answer it good, but I can answer it. So let's go. And who does Coach Mack know? Everybody. Everybody. Pretty much everybody. Well, Mack, speaking of knowing everybody, the Titans are getting ready to take on the New York football giants. They're facing them at Nissan Stadium this Sunday. Uh, 325 kickoff. Very I like excited. the way that you said that. The New York football giants. That's old school. That's real NFL talk. Isn't it good? I like that. I liked hearing you say that. It's how they answer their phones. You're 100% right they do and will forever. Yeah, I just kind of think it's a nice it's a nice thing. It's a little bit different. But yeah, we're going to play them. It's a opponent we don't see very often. The Tennessee Titans um, have only played them 12 times and the series is tied six wins apiece. That's unusual too. It and, is. And you're right. We've we have played them. I mean, I, I I coached against them when I was here. We've played them since I've been broadcasting, but you're right, 12 times over the course of all the seasons not very much nope 2018 was the last time the Tennessee Titans faced the Giants and that was in New York 2014 is the last time they were at Nissan Stadium so Mac when you're evaluating a team and you're starting to get your game plan put together and it's a team that you don't see very often how does that change the way that you're breaking down their film and what information you're bringing in because it seems like you'd have a lot of ground to cover. That's a, that's a real relevant football question. So let's, let's take it uh, two ways. First of all, if you're, if you're going against a team that you haven't seen a lot, but their coaching staff is the same, well, then you've got, you know, you've got a lot of base film that you can watch. You can, you know, you're, normally, it's when you're crossing over conferences, which this is. This is even a more special situation because not only are you crossing over conferences, not only are you going against an opponent you haven't seen, but you're also going against a new head coach a new defensive coordinator, and an entirely new staff, you know, set up mostly. So that adds another layer to the depth of the 
preparation that you have to go. So what you have to do, what the staff has done, what we have done, you and I, we've gone back and we've watched Buffalo film because that's where Brian Dayball came from. We've gone back and watched Baltimore film. That's where Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, is from. And so you've got to get some of those baselines established before you even start looking at the personnel of the New York football giants you know, this year. And so it takes a little bit more preparation. And it, it's a really, really relevant question because it, it makes a difference in the way that you get ready. And you have to start a little bit earlier. Now, when you're taking all of the information you've gathered, because you've mentioned this before, that you try not to, as a coach, overload your players. You, as a coaching staff, ingest all of this information. How do you then decide what you shrink down and filter into the players because you don't want to overwhelm them and you don't want to get them every tendency that you notice and every little quirk or tell or things like that. You only want to give them the good bits. How do you filter that? When you're looking at it, a lot of it depends on the type of team you have. If you've got a veteran team, you can feed them a little bit more. If you've got a younger team, they don't need as much because the thing that you don't want to do, you don't want to slow them down. You know, the thought process, you want the thought process to be automatic reactions once game time comes. And so you've got to get the digestible information, as you put it, to them so they can repeat it. They can practice it and practice it. And then what you have to be ready to do in a first game, you've got to be ready on those uh, Microsoft surfaces between series. You've got to be working those hard because there's something going to come up in this ball game that the Titans have not prepared for, and there's going to be something that we do that the Giants haven't prepared for. But it takes a while to be able to pare it down. The longer your staff has been together, Amy, and the more experienced your staff is with one another, the easier it is to do because then you understand what your players know and you also understand what the responsibilities are for your assistant coaches. Because on a staff, just say on defense, you've got coaches that are responsible for first and second down runs, responsible, somebody else responsible for first and second down play action passes. Somebody else is responsible for third down runs. Someone else is responsible for short yardage goal line. Someone else is responsible for red zone to be able to study it and then to pare it down, present it to the coaching staff, and then pare it down even more once a coaching staff looks at it to present it to the players. And so if you've been together for a while, then you understand that whose responsibilities are what. A new staff together, it takes them a little longer because you've got to decide how those responsibilities are going to be parsed out. So the Giants staff is new, but the components, the players within the staff are not new. Brian Dayball, of course, first year as a head coach, but has been around the league for a while. Wink Martindale, another person, first year as a defensive coordinator for the Giants, but not his first year in the NFL by any stretch. So for you, Coach Mack, because you're familiar with both of these people, how do you evaluate some of their their tendencies? Oh, that's that's big because you scout coaches and, and play callers in particular as much as you scout personnel because the, the play callers are human and they have tendencies. And, they ha- and, once, and the longer the track record that they have, the more tendencies you're able to draw. The thing that you find out, though, is, you know, a longtime defensive coach, when you start looking at offensive coaches, their tendencies, a lot of it depends on what type of personnel they have available. And the better ones are able to do what I call layering calls. In other words, they're able to put personnel out there for the first, you know, series, two series, three series, to be able to see how you're going to react defensively personnel-wise, and then they will layer their calls to set up calls. And I may not set up a call just 
one after the other. I may present you something in the first quarter, see how you're going to react to it, hope you forget about it, present it to you later on and give you a different look out of it and try to catch you playing the same thing. And so all of this stuff goes into it. Chestnut checkers. Chestnut checkers to a big level. It's chess at those, what's those multi-layer chess games you play where you play those three oh, that the, the crazy kids play yes where, yeah. you, where you play all the di- all the dimensions of it that's what this is mac i can't even play just two-dimensional chess you don't have to no oh gosh that has no not. bearing on your Can future. you play chess yes really yes you're a smart guy. No, smart not. people no, play no, no, chess. No, 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 I'm not. I'm, let's not say I'm smart. You are smart. No, this is a, You're this, an intelligent this, human. No, this this is a podcast that always tells the truth. So do not put that out to the million listeners that we have and working on two million that Coach Mack is smart. I, have, I know some things, not everything. I have never met a dumb person that played chess. I may be the dumbest person you've ever known who plays chess. <laughs> Can you teach chess? Yes. All right. Here we go. In season two, I'm going to learn how to play chess. You're going to teach me. You could learn. You're going to teach me. You could learn. I'm going to buy a set. You don't have to do that. I'm so serious. We could do it on a computer. No, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it all the way. Here's what I want you to do. New York football giants. I want to play chess with my hands, This has nothing to do with football, but what I want you to buy in your backyard, one of those big giant chess sets, (laughs) where where those chess pieces are are three and four feet tall, so it takes two hands to move them around. Do that. Get that set up, and we'll do it. No, I'm going to get one. I'm going (laughs) to leave it set up in my office, and we'll be those people who have, like, an ongoing chess game. And it can go all season. We can do that. People do that. We can do that. And plus, if people come by your office. It's got a nice glass front on it. They'll they think look, I'm smart. Oh, they will. They say, oh, wow, Amy's really smart. She's got a chess game going on forever. Won't that be She's great? She's probably beating somebody in Russia right now. No, Matt, <laughs> I know you're you're kind of thinking I'm kidding. I'm so oh, not. This is a real kidding. thing we're going to do. I know do. you well enough to know when you get your mind made up, you're doing something. You will be in here tomorrow, and there will be an Amazon box with a chess set inside of it. I can't wait to yeah. see it. Okay, so anyway, I want to get back to football because I want to talk about this a little bit because I know that with you being so familiar with these coaching staffs and you being able to evaluate and know those tendencies, I mean, when we sat down on Monday, you already knew what you wanted to look for from some of these coaches just because you've known them, coached against them. I mean, coaching trees are crazy, and you've been around the league for a 100 years, so you know a lot of things. So tell me some of those tendencies that maybe Titans fans can be looking for in this game that's coming up. What are some of the things that you would say, oh, Wink Martindale's the defensive coordinator. This is something you can expect. When the Titans are on offense, I mean, it's a very pointed question, and it's it's probably one of the bigger keys to this game. You're going to have to be prepared for a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure, a lot of different looks, bogeys or disguises are, are what I'm talking about, and basically a lot of overload. You're gonna you're gonna see some strange fronts, as far as you know. You're it's not gonna be balanced fronts. You will see overloaded fronts. Will look like huge gaps on one side, and you'll say, "Well, Coach Mack, why wouldn't you just run right here?" Well, they're gonna fill them with different people. You're gonna see people moving around quite a bit. And Wink Martindale has blitzed in his career 45% of his snaps. That's a lot. That's first through third down. And so you've got to be prepared for that. And it's not only the blitzes themselves because, you know, you've got eight gaps no matter how many looks you're going to give. You've got eight gaps. 
but the number of gaps that you threaten early and then the people that you bring to, to maybe look like you're coming from one side, overload blitzes are always predicated on trying to get your protection turned away from where you're bringing the main pressure. A lot of your overload blitzes will look like they're coming from one side and will eventually end up coming from another. It's also very important to understand who is pulling out of the overload front that may be in some type of coverage. That's what you look for first against this team when Wink Martindale is on defense. Offensively, Brian Dable has always been a guy that has liked to spread the, spread it out as far as with personnel. But then what he will do, especially with the running back that he has gotten now, he's going he's gonna to try to run the football you know, a variety of ways. But don't be surprised if you see, don't see Saquon Barkley involved in the passing game first through third down. They're going to try to get him the football through the air also. So that's what you need to look at. And the other thing, uh, we've talked about it. You knew it before I knew it. Daniel Jones can run. Yes. And and don't think that this is just an iron deer in the backyard standing there stuck in the ground because he is not. This is a guy that can run, has got a lot of runs in his career, and you, you cannot ignore his runs. And not only this off-schedule runs, Amy, but his scheduled runs. They will have planned quarterback runs for us. And what that makes you do as a defense is play plus one defense. You have to be able to have somebody responsible for him because when you start counting your numbers – the quarterback never hardly counts as a runner that you have to count as numbers when you fill the gaps. But the Tennessee Titans, especially on defense, it seems like they have the appropriate skill sets to defend against a running quarterback. Well, they've, they've done it. I mean, we, we've, we, we saw them I mean, when we played Baltimore. We remember, you know, that the previous games with Baltimore, the, the plan they had. Now, that was an extreme case of a planned running quarterback. But they've seen it. They've known it. And so, you know, I would, I would bet anything I have that they've prepared for a running quarterback. For the Tennessee Titans, give me a couple players that you're excited about seeing in their first go at the 2022 season. I want to see Phillips. I'm looking forward to him, not only in the return game, because normally in your first ball game, you really need to be clean on teams in your first ball game because there's a lot of hidden yardage gained and lost on special teams, especially the first couple of weeks, because everybody's kind of trying to feel their their way around special teams. Because when you flip your roster 30% every year, most of those flips come on your special teams, your big four, pump, pump return, kickoff, kickoff return. So you want to be as clean as you can in the the special teams area. I want to see him with a return with the proper blocks. Nobody blocking anybody in the back. Don't have any minus yardage taken away from a good return. But I re- I'm anxious to see him, too, when he gets a chance to get in the slot. I think I know what I'm going to see, and I'm anxious to see him do it uh, against real dudes at real NFL speed. What about on the defensive side of the ball? You know, I think Rashad Weaver is going to get his chance. I mean, we thought that he was going to get a big chance this year, and, and Rashad Weaver is going to get his chance this week, but, you know, unfortunate that, that, that we lost Harold Landry, Rashad Weaver. We, we all of us thought and we looked at it and it was validated. He had a really good preseason coming back from his offseason injury last year. He was coming on a little bit before the injury happened. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Rashad can do with his chance that he's going to have. Now, Coach Mack, I'm so happy you said that because I had the opportunity to sit down with Rashad Weaver, chat with him a little bit, get to know him, talk about overcoming some of that adversity as it pertains to injuries. And I would like to share that with everybody right now. So here's my sit down with Rashad Weaver. Rashad Weaver, it feels like one of the words that is associated with you a lot is adversity. You've overcome a lot of adversity, especially when it comes to your health. 
um, throughout your career. Yeah. For you, what is it that keeps you coming back to this game every time you're going through that therapy, every time you're going through that rehab? What's sticking in your brain that says, I'm going to overcome this because I want to play football? I think it just starts with, like, to me, you know, I'm an it is what it is type of person. Everybody gets hurt. It's part of the game. Some injuries are a couple of weeks. Some happen to me the whole season. You know, it sucks. And it's really, you know, everybody says backup plans, have this and that, but football is what I do. It's part of me. I love it. And, like, when I'm not doing that, I just feel like I'm missing a part of me. So until I until I can't do it anymore because I'm too old, I plan on doing it even with injuries, you know, those are just a little, little bump in the road, you know. Coaches talk a lot, not only about your physicality and your skill set, but about the mental aspect of the game and how you really seem to be a cerebral player. Where does that come from? Man, maybe it's from my mom making me read books when I was like five and I hated reading and trying to learn and not look. School was always pretty easy for me. Learning was good, I always had a good memory. Stuff like that. And then once you get older, you realize just knowing the plays and knowing what to do allows you to play at the next level and just the next speed and be better than what you are at that current time. If you don't know the plays like the back of your hand, you know, when you're out there like trying to think a lot, it, it can physically make you more tired. You have to, it's more draining on you and all that. So I just try to eliminate all those things so I can go out there and be the best football player I am, you know. Your mom made you read books when you were five, but like also weren't you pre-med for a minute? Man, I be telling people that, listen. <laughs> I failed bio and got a C in chem, so I don't know if I was pre-med. I tried to be pre-med for a semester and changed that real quick. It wasn't that, but I just used the excuse, look, people that don't play sports were failing too, so I was trying to do both. So that's just my, that was my, letting myself off the hook on that one, because normally I don't give up on things, but it, it just wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't panning out how I thought it was going to be freshman year of college. Well, those bio classes are no joke. It was a setup. I promise it was a setup. <laughs> she was like, I took my first test. Listen, I got real good grades. I took my first bio test and she handed it back. I'm thinking, man, maybe like a D, a 70. It was like a 40. Oh. And I was like, oh my goodness. She called me. She was like, we just need to keep doing better. So I met with their studies. Hands back and said, she was like, you did better. It was like a 50. <laughs> and I was like, this is the end. This is the end of this. This isn't going to work. But you switched to business. So in making that switch, was that a long-term thought? Like, this degree will set me up for life after football. Do you have thoughts of what that could look like? Yeah, I mean, and in business, I picked to do finance and business information systems, which a lot of people, they were like, you know, that's hard too. But after I already went through Kim, I was like, this is nothing. You know, that business math is a lot easier than than fake numbers and letters and Kim and bio and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was the thought of everything's a business. You know, even nonprofits, charities, those are businesses, all the way up to the NFL and the Titans and the teams. These are businesses. Everything's a business and everything revolves around money and finances. And there's just things that not just for, you know, backup plans or when you're done with football in the future, but also to understand your money and stuff you'll have yourself while you're still a part of the game. So it was just a, it just seemed like it was the best thing for me to do and not, you know, waste a, waste a degree, you know, in something that might kind of not be used. Your coaches from college mainly have said you have a lot of grit and you are exceedingly positive. Those two things seem like they go hand in hand. Yeah. How has that, being part of your personality, the fiber of your being, how does that make you a better football player? You know, I think the grit part is just 
you know, a lot of my coaches have told me, and I've always been like that younger, but especially in college, when my coaches told me, you get out what you put in. So, you know, if you can't grind through the, the hard days of practice or something's hurting or you're out there in tough situations, you just, you just the game's not going to give you back what you give it. You know, you got you to gotta show love to the game and give it a lot for it to show you love back and be successful in it. So that was something I just really leaned on in college a lot, but it, it's always just been a part of me. I don't, I don't know where it comes from. Not a big complainer. And even if I do complain, which I was talking about this other day, I use it as a coping mechanism. I might complain, but I'll always do it. Like I'll always finish it. I might complain while I'm doing it, but it'll always get done and get done the right way. And that was just something, you know, I think if you're gonna do it, do it the right way. I'd rather just not do something than not do it the right way, you know? Right. There's no half-assing here. Yeah, I mean, nah, not much time. <laughs> Unless it's just like me making dinner or something by myself and it's late, I might just throw something in the air fryer or something, have something quick. What do you throw in the air fryer? Some chicken wings, you know, season them up, throw them in there. And I'm even like lazy. I don't know if it's lazy or smart. I like put some aluminum foil down so I don't have to clean it, just take it out. Yeah, know. no, that's called smart. Uh, that's definitely smart. Some people say it's lazy. And, I think they're just lazy. And making wings is not a lazy man's meal like <laughs> seasoning cooking wings i mean that's labor intensive like peanut butter and jelly lazy man meal i uh, know chicken I'd, wings is like I'd that's a culinary experience yeah it is you know throw some rice in the rice cooker i finally bought a rice steamer i used to make it like on the stove but that was too much work i was getting lazy yeah so i had to get the rice steamer because yeah. i can cook well so, okay so what do you cook but, when you're not being lazy if chicken wings is like eh, i've got 20 minutes i think that's the problem is that uh that grit and just i just go with the flow i'm not a complainer and like i would eat like anything i'm not a picky eater so okay. i could you know go all five course and put a lot of energy in it or i can just throw some chicken wings in the air fryer yeah. five days a week <laughs> it'd be okay with it but you know I think I cook anything. Even if I don't know it off the top of my head, you could give me the recipe. I'll, it'll be done right. Who taught you to do that? Man, my mom and dad both cooked, and they weren't those parents that kicked me out of the kitchen. They let me, you know, annoy them. Uh -huh. Be on my mom's hip, my dad's hip while they cooked, grilled, did anything. And I just think I could do anything. The only thing I can't do is draw. I'm not an artist. Can't sing, can't play anything. But anything else, I think I could do it better than probably everybody, so. I like that. There's there's like a confidence there. There's a swag. Something like that. I just like, I don't know. I just don't think I got to be able to eat. You feel me? Like I eat some good food. <laughs> and I even actually had my mom for Christmas. I was like, I just need you to make me, you know, I know how to cook everything, but I don't know all the ingredients and stuff. So I need you to, she made me a little tin box with all the recipes, everything she <laughs> made. So then I can make it because, you know, Nothing gonna happen to my mom, but just, you know, just in case anything ever, I gotta have all that type of stuff, you know? That might be the sweetest thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Like really, what what guy in their 20s has their mom's recipes in a recipe box? Man, I just gotta be prepared to cook. You know, sometimes she's at work and I, and even, that's my problem. She knows it too. Like I know how to do most of the stuff and I'll have every ingredient, but I'll still ask her like three times. I need to get to the point where I don't because she gets a confident boost out of it, but no I just one can can't do it like it. mom does it though. Yeah. You'll never be able to recreate. You could do it exactly I, right and I you tell can't. her I can do anything just as good. <laughs> just to let her know. And she says it's her fault that I'm like this. So she gave you too much confidence. Yeah. Raising kids is very <laughs> tricky. You never know. It's a fine line. All right, we've got to bring this back a little bit. I want to talk about you and Bud Dupree. 
because you guys have gotten the opportunity to work out together. You knew each other before you were at the Titans, correct? Yeah, I mean, we weren't as close when he was in Pittsburgh and I was at still in school at Pitt. We knew of each other, obviously. I knew him as one of the best pass rushers in the NFL on the Steelers, see him throughout the same building. And he knew me as, you know, one of the starting DNs for the college that shares a facility with him, all of, you know, good player in college and all of that. So, you know, we connected from there, had followed each other on social media, we talked here and there. But once we got here, that's when it really, you know, turned him more into a, a true friendship and building that relationship, not just at the facility, but outside of the facility and someone, you know, that I was around a lot and could lean on while being hurt kept me company when he wasn't at the facility, would invite me over to be around him, stuff like that. So he was someone that definitely took me under the wing and it was good. You know, you want to look at guys that make lots of plays in this league and set themselves up to provide for their family and help their teams win and stuff like that. So that was something, even if he doesn't know, I, I watch what he does, his routines, what he eats, takes care of his body, things like that. And just how he operates throughout in the building because that's everybody's end goal you know, be able to take care of their family and set themselves off in a, a good way. Being able to learn from someone like that, how do you feel like you have set yourself up better for year two, but your first full season of football here? Again, I think it's just, you know, kind of, I've always been a scheduled guy and I was really good in, in college with it. You know, having a schedule, that's something they always harp on, but still, once you get to this level, there's different things. You add to that schedule now and you adjust and change and it's just taking little things that you see and I'm asking them how they study. You know, I've always studied in no plays, but there's different ways you can continue to learn, learn how to study and help you learn the plays. Cause I was, again, just my biggest goal was to be able to know these plays coming back like the back of my hand. So then I could go out there and actually play with him, you know, picking parts of, from each other, you know, we're different type of rushers, you know, ability, skill set, every player is, and, you know, asking him what he thinks I could use from his game. And even as a young player, you see me do something, you know, he'll be like, that's something I, I could see myself doing that. And I think it just works together. Rashad, thanks for hanging out with us. I'm coming okay. over to your house to eat. I'm coming <laughs> over for a, dinner. Uh, actually, when I was in college, me and my homeboy for Thanksgiving, it would go crazy, but we replaced turkey and ham with fried chicken. So we had all. So I'm coming over for Thanksgiving. All Thanksgiving sides that I made, homemade. Come on, here it comes. And he fried the chicken. So that was the one of the best Thanksgiving I've ever had. You ever had Thanksgiving with fried chicken? No, but it sounds like the best Thanksgiving. turkey and ham, you know, they're. Nobody cares about that. Everybody right? cares about fried chicken. All right, this is an invitation. I'll be there. You get Perfect. it done. <laughs>
pack, you can't bring an umbrella into the stadium, so don't bring that. But nope. ponchos are great. And, uh, I mean, football in the rain. There's nothing wrong with that. Rain it's doesn't bother fest. me at all. Here's what I don't want. that sometimes Rain doesn't bother you at all. You're inside. That sometimes comes. We have the windows open. Mm-hmm. That sometimes comes with rain. I don't want lightning. No, I don't want lightning. No. Be- because we don't want lightning. Rain, all day. I'm fine. Maybe not all day. Okay. Well, I'm, in, I'm out in it. Here's what here's what's going to happen, Amy. Regardless of what goes on, unless it's lightning, we're going to play. Heck yes, we're going to play. And we know with lightning, we can still uh, make it work because we made it work for eight and a half hours one time in Miami. So yeah, let's not do that twice. It was really fun one time. We can handle anything. Mm-hmm. We can handle anything, and uh, really excited to see everybody out at Nissan Stadiums. <laughs> I am so fired up to start the 2022 season, and let's ride, Mac. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. I mean, the, the preseason was fun with the fans. You could tell I me mean, the preseason, the preseason games, the fans were live. So this is going to be great on Sunday. This is going to be great. It is going to be great. For Coach Mac, I'm Titans Amy. Thank you so much for joining us on the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast.